Today on The Girl Defined Show, we are going to answer your hush-hush questions about sex. Now, we actually took a deep dive into these questions in our book, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart, but we have received so many more since this book came out, questions where you've said, I kind of want to know this about sex, or I kind of want to know this about like my past or about the future, but I don't really want to ask this. So you send these questions in a DM and an email very anonymously, and we are going to bring them to the forefront and say, hey, a lot of us have these questions. A lot of you are asking these, so let's talk about it. These don't need to be hush-hush. We can talk about this as Christian women. We don't have to be afraid and shy, like, ooh, sex. Like We can go there. So let's jump in and answer some of your biggest hush-hush questions about sex. Hey, Sisterhood, it is Kristen here and Bethany. And this is a conversation that we are almost too excited to have. Like, we're the opposite of shy when it comes to talking about sex and intimacy, but it hasn't always been that way. I would say maybe there was a time where we were a little more bashful, especially in our younger years, but we have come to understand the beauty of God's design regardless of where any of us have been, what we've done, what we're afraid of, what's been done to us, as we really understand the beauty of God's design for sex, for intimacy, for forgiveness, for all of these things. Restoration. Yes, restoration. um, Past sin and failure versus God's redemption and walking a new path forward in Christ's strength. Like There is so much beauty in His design that we do not have to be afraid about it and and scared to talk about it. In fact, God is not afraid or scared to talk about it. And so it's Christian women, we should not be either. The world is shouting it from the mountaintops and giving us very secular advice for how to answer all of our questions, leading us further and further away from God's design. So today, we're going to dig into some of your most pressing secret hush hush questions and hopefully bring you some like biblical hope and help that you find so encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually on a Zoom call with it was a bunch of single women and we had like an entire Zoom call and we we're really talking about God's design for sex and sexuality because you don't all the sudden become like a sexual being once you're married you are a sexual being before that and so how do you deal with that how do you grapple with that and we were talking about some of these questions and I was so encouraged by some of these women on this call who were opening up and sharing things in front of the group for the very first time and you know the thing that stuck out to me the most was just how we all come from different places in this area. So we know that each one of you watching or listening has something different that you're bringing to the table. And oftentimes it's something heavy, it's something difficult. And we know that there are so many of you, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. something that's been done to you that you did not want, that you are like, why did this have to happen? And so- if you're listening on the podcast, I'm going to link an article below um, by an incredibly godly woman who walked through the journey of healing from stuff that was done to her, sexual abuse. And if you are watching the video, we'll link it as well, because we want you to know that there is so much yeah. hope and encouragement and um, victory that can be had. And we we want to point you to like godly women who have been there and who have offered their stories and their biblical advice because that's just something that we know with this amazing sisterhood um that that might be present in this conversation so we just want to get that out there first and now we're going to jump into some of your questions yeah but i do want to say you did mention the book there's so much more that we are not going to cover in our questions today because we wrote all about it in our book sex purity and the longings of a girl's heart i mean if you have questions about things you're secretly struggling with things like masturbation 
pornography, yes. addicted to erotica, sexting guys, things you're doing in secret that no one knows about. And you're like, I don't want to keep doing this. I know this doesn't honor God. How do I find freedom? We talk about yeah. all of that. The fact that every one of us is a sexual being. We struggle with lust. We struggle with sin. We all have brokenness. None of us are 100% whole in and of ourselves. Nope. We all need the saving grace of Jesus, which is why he died on the cross. And so we talk about that through the lens of our sexual brokenness, how we find that wholeness in Christ, yeah. how we disciple ourselves to understand the truth of God's word, how it affects our, our lives in singleness, in dating, in engagement, in marriage, yeah. or those who've gone through divorce or hard breakups. Like, how do we view God's design for sex in the right way? We unpack all of that in our book, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. And I know in this day and age, yeah. topics of sexuality, even gender, like it, it's getting so yes. confusing, so convoluted. Oh, yeah. And we're just getting so far from the mark of scripture. We go there in this book. So if you want more than this little conversation, grab a copy, girldefined.com slash shop. It's on our shop and you will find so much mm. encouragement in your journey of discovering God-defined sexuality. So the first hush-hush question about sex that we're going to answer if a girl is going to be single for her whole life, does that mean she will never have sex at all? And I know this is a huge question single women have. Like, okay, if I'm going to be single forever, like, does this mean that I'm missing out on, like, the pinnacle of what it means to be a human? And sex has kind of become a god in our society, yeah. like, in Christian, like, circles mm -hmm. and secular. Because Christian circles, it's like, save yourself for marriage and then you will get married and, oh, you know, like, you will have sex and it's you the best thing ever. You will have reached the pinnacle of your humanity. So Christians are not, like, they're kind of part of this problem of making sex literally like a god. But when I hear this question. If a girl is going to be single for her whole life, does that mean she will never have sex at all? I personally think we're kind of asking the wrong question because we don't need to determine or try to foresee into our entire future. We don't know. Like, we don't know yeah. if you're a single woman. You don't know if you're going to be single for your whole life. So why are you trying to figure out, like, you know, plan for 30 years down the road when marriage might be in your future? It might not. Mm -hmm. Instead, we should be learning to trust God for today. So I think that's something I want to say up front. But the reality is that Yes. If God has you single for your entire life, he has also called you to a life of abstaining from sexual intimacy. And that is a part of his plan. It is a part of his design. It's for our best, for his glory, because God is the good designer of sexual intimacy and he created it within the covenant yeah. of marriage. And we take such a deep dive yes. in our book, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart on the purpose for intimacy, like the purpose for sexual intimacy, the purpose for that aspect of marriage. Like we really go there in our book, Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. But I just want you to know that you can have hope because our Savior, Jesus Christ, who was fully God and fully man, literally mm -hmm. came to this world, lived a single life. Like he was right. single. He never had sex. He never got married, but he fulfilled the greatest purpose that could have ever been filled. And his heart was, one, he came to do the will of his Father. So he wasn't here to do what he wanted to do. He came to do God's will. And he mm -hmm. also came not to be served but to serve and to ultimately give his life. And that sounds like miserable. Like what you're telling me now I, I might not have sex and now I have to come and like just serve. That should be all of our hearts. Like Jesus is the ultimate example. He is the one who, who said, Hey, here is how you should live. And imagine like he literally changed the world in the most radical way ever. And so we can know that God will give us the strength. He will give us the ability to serve him well. If we can trust him each and every day and say, God, you know, I desire, marriage. I desire to experience this physical uh, intimacy that you have created, but 
I'm going to trust you today. And then tomorrow, I'm going to do the same thing. And I'm not going to focus on, will I or won't I have sex in the future? I'm going to focus on living for you today. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. So another hush-hush question that a lot of you have asked, and we do talk about this in our book, Sex Purity and the Longings of a Girl's Heart. You asked, is sex really as great as everyone says it is? That is such a fun question. the honesty in this question because I remember thinking that when I was unmarried as well, had never had sex and you, it's like every every tabloid ever, like when you're at the grocery store and you're like checking out and you're getting bombarded with like all these magazines, Cosmo and whatnot. And it's like everyone, it's like sex and like huge letters and it's like the moves to make and like all this stuff. And you're just like, (laughs) wow, like this must be like the greatest thing that ever hit the planet because it is clearly like the greatest thing, you know, when you see it on all these magazines, all these words, um, you know, movies, like all the things. And here's the deal. Sex is awesome. Like our culture does have that right. (laughs) The fact that it is truly amazing. But when it comes down to it, sex designed by God to be enjoyed as a celebration within the covenant of marriage, it is awesome, but it is also something that couples have to work at. It's not just a boom, it's going to be like this most like sparks, fireworks, 4th of July, like every single day in your marriage. Like it is something like anything in marriage where it is serving the other. It's pouring out when two people in a marriage are genuinely loving one another and, and enjoying sexual intimacy as they serve each other for the mutual pleasure and enjoyment of one another. It is truly a beautiful thing and it can be 4th of July, but it's not like that all the time. And I think that is one of the myths that when you're single and you see the tabloids and you see those, you know, like rom-coms and it's just like this most explosive experience all the time, that's not actually what it's like in marriage every single day. And so I think that's where we need to kind of take it down and recognize it is a beautiful, amazing gift. It's a celebration, but it's not 4th of July every single time. And it is something that we do need to work at, but it is such a beautiful bonding part of marriage. And in fact, I don't know if this is too much to share, but someone gave us some advice in marriage and said, you know, sex, it's not always 4th of July in that sense. It's like, Sometimes it is. It's like, you know, they compared it to restaurant style. So it's like sometimes it's like a fine dining steakhouse yeah. where it's like this long experience. It's amazing. It's drawn out. It's wonderful. It's like, woo, like the, the finest steakhouse in the city. And then sometimes it's just a little bit more medium, like chilies, you know, or you're you're just kind of like, okay, it's kind of a medium. Like it's it's really nice, but it's just a little bit more medium. And then sometimes yeah. it's like McDonald's. It's just fast. And it's like, okay, you're serving one another, but it's just a little bit quicker, more like a drive through. And I thought that was a great analogy yeah. of like, categorizing it in some ways of like, okay, you don't have to be disappointed in marriage if it's not always the steakhouse. Like it's okay to have variety and to enjoy different types of sexual intimacy within your marriage. And so I don't know if that's helpful in singleness, but just recognizing, obviously there's the entire book of Song of Solomon where it is praised. It is beautiful. It is like poetry. It is so romantic. And that can be such a beautiful, fun part of marriage. And we've both experienced that and are so grateful for that. But just know that it is not the ultimate thing that can satisfy you. We're married and we know it's not the it's not the ultimate yeah. thing that satisfies us. If it was, then every person would just have sex and be satisfied. And all marriages that's not would be the thriving, case. Yeah. And every marriage would be thriving and every person having sex would just be thriving. We know that's not the case. And so yeah. we know we were made for more and enjoyed in the right context. It really can be such yeah. an awesome thing. And I think if you are single or married, really taking the time to take a step back and make sure that your views and your understanding mm. of sex are in line with God's. And I mean, that's why we wrote Sex Purity and the Longings yeah. of a Girl's Heart. It's for single or 
unmarried women um, because so often we go into marriage with wrong ideas, wrong expectations, wrong views, and then we're disillusioned and disappointed. And we're like, what in the world, you know, and we don't know where to turn or where to go to. And so um, if you haven't like taken the time to intentionally study God's design or even dig into maybe some of your past or or some of the things that you need to work through or, you know, whatever it is, wherever you're coming from, I think grabbing a copy of Sex, Purity, and the Longings of a Girl's Heart and digging into that will be really Mm -hmm. helpful um, and just you, you know, figuring out this process. And I do want to say for our married women too, there is an incredible podcast um, called Heaven in Your Home. And it's specifically for Christian married women. And it is one of the most helpful, practical podcasts on like sex and intimacy. And that's like all she covers. And, you know, I know we have a lot of married women who are like, well, we've had complications or struggles. And so like, what? Like, I haven't even experienced this fireworks that you're talking about. That's extremely normal and Mm -hmm. extremely like common. We just don't talk about it a lot. And so I just want to give you some hope by saying that there are resources out there that can really, really help you. I have found so much help in this podcast. So we'll link it um, on YouTube and in the podcast. Um, Heaven in Your Home is the name of it, though, so you can look it up. I hope that that's, you know, Mm -hmm. helpful. Okay, another hush-hush question about sex. What is allowed before marriage? I mean, obviously, sex is reserved for marriage, but how much is too much during dating. Mm. Now, where's the checklist? Why didn't, where's like the checklist in <laughs> Yeah, scripture? yeah. Can we just get a quick checklist? Boom, boom, boom. Like everything. I mean, we were both there. Like we, yeah. we remember, I, I remember just thinking like, okay, why didn't God make something so incredibly clear? Like clearly he says that they're, you know, like physically like sex coming together is reserved for marriage. But why didn't he give us like a black and white list? Like, come on, you know, is touching on the shoulder. Okay. Is a hug. Okay. Like (laughs) it's so, so difficult, but a few practical things that I want to encourage you to think through is one, like, where's your heart in this? Are you trying to ask how much can I get away with Mm -hmm. without crossing the line? Are you trying to, you know, like, are you trying to push as much as possible, like push the boundaries as much as possible while still being like, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm good because I haven't, I haven't done these things. Mm. Instead of focusing so much on those, okay, which line can I cross? How close can I get to this line? Maybe ask like, okay, God, how can I honor you the most in this yeah. season? If I'm dating, how can I honor this man and respect him the most? If I'm engaged even, how can I honor, even though we will be married one day, like how can I choose to honor this person the most and, and really strive to, um, make our relationship about more than just like, the physical things that we can do together. Um, because even once you get married, like most of your marriage is like friendship. Yes. And you know, I mean, we're sitting here recording right now and our husbands are, they're working. It's like, we're not, you're not just constantly like <laughs> going there. You're not constantly just hugging and kissing 24 yeah. seven. <laughs> and so I think as single or engaged, like, really focusing on, okay, what are other aspects of life? Like as a single woman, what are other aspects of life I need to be like really investing into right now? Like my relationships with godly women, investing into other Mm -hmm. singles, mentoring younger women as a woman who is dating or engaged. Like how can I really get to know this person's heart? How can I really get to know them without constantly having conversations and thinking about the physical side? You know, Um, we do have a freebie for you, if you are in the dating stage, that will really help you to focus on things other than just how much can we do. Mm. So we have a guide, 136 questions to ask in a romantic relationship. And this is a way for you to focus on the person and get to know the heart of the person that you are dating or engaged to. And I really want to encourage you to work through that. You can get it at girldefined.com slash questions for free, um, because this is a way for you to focus on 
something other than just like, how much can we do? Um, And I think, you know, (laughs) putting your mental energy into a different place would be really helpful. I feel like you probably have good things to add. I don't know. (laughs) There's just so much to say and there's so little time. I know there is so little time. I mean, I think it can be helpful in the relationship to kind of decide, like one thing we encouraged a young couple in recently was instead of making a list of all the things you can't do, like we can't do this and Mm. we can't do that. And, you know, there are a lot of those things where you're like, you know, I don't know if that's a very healthy line for us to cross in this season of being unmarried. It's a slippery slope leads to our temptation. We said, why don't you make a list of all of the things that you believe biblically are good for you as a couple, like certain forms of affection, um, certain ways that you are showing that to one another that you're both comfortable with, that you both feel like are honoring one another, respecting one another, um, not crossing any sexual lines where you feel like you're compromising one another. And so make a list of the things that you can do and enjoy together. So it's more positive than like, here's our boundaries. We will not do these 20 things. It just kind of feels like, instead, here are the 10 things that we can enjoy with one another. And you know, you can be as specific as you want to be, but I think it really helps focus on the things that you can enjoy together in this season of showing affection, of dating, but not yet married, where you're still honoring the Lord, where you're still honoring one another because you are not spouses yet. Um, But there still are ways that you can appropriately show affection. So that would just be some encouragement is to sit down together, brainstorm, pray about it, seek counsel, and to decide what what can we do? And then enjoy those things in this season, knowing that later, if God has marriage for you, then you will be able to enjoy everything. Like you can just rip the list up and say, we can enjoy everything now. And it's awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know with Dave and I, when we were dating and engaged, I really appreciated how you know, we came up, we did come up with like specific boundaries. And I think that can be helpful, but we also focused more on like building the friendship and Mm. really enjoying the freedom we had in that season to get to know each other as friends and to grow in our relationship, to get to know the desires of each other's hearts, to get to know each other more deeply, knowing that if we were to get married, we could really add a lot of that physical Mm -hmm. intimacy in, and it would be so beautiful. But if we didn't get to end up getting married, it wouldn't have been a waste. Like we got to know this amazing person and we didn't, you know, compromise our conscience and our conviction all along the way. Of course, we weren't perfect, but I can tell you of all the relationships I've been in, like I said, I didn't get married until I was 30. So, um, you know, I had previous relationships, but Dave did such a good job of leading in that way. And it was so freeing not to be bogged down by constantly every Mm. single conversation we have. Like, did we go too far? Did we not go too far? You know, so like establishing a good direction, even focusing on the things that you can do can really help you to just be freed up to enjoy the relationship. And it's, it really is such a short season, you know? So I, I want more dating and engaged couples to actually like enjoy that season and not just wish it away. Right. Cause most are like, it's horrible. We yeah. hate it. We just want to be married or it's like, yeah, there can be so much thriving yeah. and enjoying if you focus on what you can do yeah. and enjoy totally. in the relationship as friends. Yeah. It can really be a beautiful thing. Totally. Okay. Shifting gears to something a little more serious. Um, one of you asked as a hush hush question, I'm unsure of how to move beyond my sexual past and not let it hold me back. Mm. Can I start over? And we just want you to know that asking this question, first of all, we're so glad you're asking it because I know you're not alone. I know there are so many. And in fact, we have each had different sexual sins that we've wrestled with. And in my singleness, I share all about it in Sex Purity and the Longings of a Girl's Heart, wrestling with masturbation, entrapped in that sin, um, ongoing, struggling, wanting freedom, you know, not sure how to, you know, finally break free and then going on a journey where I actually did eventually find freedom. And it was so encouraging, but having to move past that and actually 
receive God's forgiveness and and go to him in genuine repentance, that's really that first step, right? That's what it was for me. And that's what it is for all of us is when we recognize our sin, regardless of how big or small we might view it, how long or short that sin was, going before the Lord in genuine, humble repentance and saying, God, I sinned against you and you first and foremost. God, I am so sorry. Please forgive me. And genuinely going before him, you know, there are so many beautiful Psalms. Is it Psalm 34, 54? Oh my goodness. I'm liking David's Psalm of Repentance. Oh, I can't remember. Oh my goodness. But you guys know the one. Um, David's Psalm of Repentance, when he, after he sinned with Bathsheba, big sexual sin, killed her husband, you know, had him killed in battle, basically, um, you know, manipulated that situation and then kind of lured her into his palace, had sex with her. She gets pregnant. Then that's actually then when he killed the husband and then he marries her and, you know, consequences, their first baby dies. Is it Psalm 51? Psalm 51. My brains were blanking. Okay. I'm like 34, 54. No, Psalm 51. Yeah. It is the perfect guide. And I have used it many times as you are wrestling with your sexual past. I would encourage you to open up your Bible, take, take some time, a couple hours, like sit before the Lord, open up Psalm 51, get your journal and through the lens of your sexual sin, Go before the Lord using Psalm 51 as your guide, as your prayer to the Lord. And it's so fitting because it is David's prayer of repentance from his sexual sin. So it's so fitting for us to use it as our own prayer, as we are praying to God and repenting of our own sexual sin, our own past. And so use that as your prayer, use it as your guide. And then, you know, journal truths that God brings to mind, journal your own prayers, make it your own. But as you do that, remember Galatians 5.1, hold on to this promise. It says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And so it is for freedom that Christ has set us free, that freedom that you long to walk in. You can have that in Christ. As you repent, as you pray Psalm 51, as you go before the Lord, it doesn't mean you're never going to sin again. We'll always have some struggles before, you know, on this side of heaven. But God is saying, I've died so that you can walk in freedom. Mm. So don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Don't just go right back into that sin. You know, set up boundaries, get accountability, walk with godly mentors, stay rooted in the word, grounded in your local church, like do the things to be faithful. But it starts with that repentance and then receiving God's forgiveness, accepting it, believing it, and then saying, God, help me to walk in the freedom that you have promised me in Christ. And I want to read a quick snippet from our other book, Love Defined, which is all about God's design for last love and satisfying relationships. And in it, we actually wrote an appendix in the back of the book called Finding Freedom and Forgiveness from Past Sexual Sin. Four questions exactly like this. And here's what I want to share with you right now that we also shared in this appendix. We said, the two of us want you to know that you are loved and valued by your creator, regardless of your past. Yes, God is greatly grieved by our sin and calls us to repentance, but that does not change his ultimate love for us. Your worth is not defined by what you've Mm. done or what's been done to you. Your worth is defined by God alone. And because of him, you have immeasurable value. You have intrinsic importance because you are made in God's very image. Mm. And so as we pursue forgiveness, repentance, freedom from that lens of having value and importance in the eyes of our creator, I think that is so encouraging as we come before our father who cares for us, who loves us and, and wants to offer us that forgiveness and that freedom from our past sexual Mm -hmm. sins. The last question that we're going to answer, the last hush hush question we're going to answer today um, is one that was actually just asked um, 
I was just asked this recently, uh, a godly woman, she was asking genuinely though, and she wanted to know, she's single and she asked, will a godly man want to marry me if I have sinned sexually in the past? Mm -hmm. And she was, you know, so genuine and just like, you know, I have done, I know I've sinned against God and I chose to live in, you know, a season of life where I didn't honor him and I, you know, made choices sexually that were not in line with scripture. And so I'm just struggling and wondering like, okay, I, I want to honor God now and I'm living differently now and I've, I've repented and I've accepted God's forgiveness, but will a godly man want to want to marry me. And my heart was just so broken in that moment because I'm like, we're all sexually broken. Like, of course, we all we all have sinned sexually. Every, even the most godliest of man out there, you know, like all of us have, we are sexually broken beings and we all come to the foot of the cross equally across the board that we are broken and we need a savior and we need the gospel and we need Christ's forgiveness just as much as the next person. And so what I told her, I was like, you know, I think a mature, godly man doesn't view himself as some like, I am the purest of the pures. Where is my snow white bride? You know, like what a prideful heart. I think a genuinely godly man, I think he sees himself for who he really is before the cross, a lost and broken sinner and is so grateful to God's to God for that forgiveness. And then he looks out and he says, wow, like, is there a woman who desires to honor God, who wants to live for him, who has, who has accepted Jesus as her savior? And I want a woman like that. And I know that I have a sexually broken past. She has a sexually broken past. There might be things that we do need to work through or seek counsel on or get help with, but I am not above her or below her. Like we are both just a a son and daughter of God. And I think a genuinely godly man has that perspective and doesn't view himself as like some higher than, you know, like who will, who will measure up? Who can I hold on my arm as my holier than thou? Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you. If there is a man who is like, well, you have done that. Wow. Like, uh, I am just, you know, I have different expectations for my, I, I honestly wouldn't want to be with a man like that. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't want you to be with a man like that because I think he's probably kind of immature spiritually and doesn't have a good perspective of the gospel. I mean, I have known, we, we've known so many great Christian, uh, you know, where it's like the man or the woman, one of them has the past and they have married each other and have built such a beautiful marriage. And that was a conversation, maybe things they had to work through, but it wasn't the barrier or reason to keep them from pursuing mm-hmm. a relationship. So all that to say for you is that absolutely there are so many godly men who want a woman who right now desires to follow God, who desires to live for God. And if that's who you are and that's where your heart is, he is going to see that. Mm -hmm. And I think you could build a beautiful relationship together and a beautiful future together. Uh, That wraps up our hush hush questions for this episode. If you want us to answer more, drop us a comment over on Instagram. That's where we love to hang out with you guys at Girl Defined. Um, You'll find this posted there. If you're listening to it on podcast or you're watching it on YouTube, head on over to our Instagram and let's continue this conversation. If you have more questions or if something we shared, um, like you have a follow-up question on it, we love to have conversations with you. So please come hang out with us. And also we have another place that we love to hang out that some of you might not know about, and it's actually over on on a platform called Patreon. And over on Patreon, it's a really fun place where those who are like the most dedicated sisterhood, where they're like, we love Girl Defined. We love the sisterhood. We love the messages. We want to help this keep going. We want to be a part of what is happening at Girl Defined. If that's you, then head on over to Patreon.com 
dot com slash girl defined because that is the platform where you can help link arms with us mm-hmm. and support the ministry by giving just a little bit of money every month. It's like equivalent to a latte, like four or five bucks a month. And over there, that is actually collectively as the sisterhood collectively gives you are the backbone of supporting this channel of supporting these podcasts of this audio of this YouTube video however you're watching it you're the ones who support us so if you're like yeah I want to be a part of this I want to link arms come on over and our way of saying thank you for your amazing support is every single month we create new free resources that are for our Patreons to encourage you in your walk with God and we cover like a whole bunch of different topics but every month whether it's a study or a guide or beautiful scriptures that you can print, like such fun resources. Every month you'll get that to encourage you in your walk with God as you are encouraging us with your support. So please come hang out with us over on patreon.com slash girl defined. And if you love this, these sort of topics and you're like, there's not a lot of people on the internet talking about what girl defined is talking about. Please leave us a five star rating so that you can encourage us because y'all know we get the trolls, we get the hate and we get a lot of those comments. But when you leave a comment encouraging us, we see it and it's like, yes, we, rem- it reminds us that we're not alone, yeah. that we're in this together. It takes like 30 seconds, which I'll please just head over on to Spotify, right? Or Apple, leave a, f- a five star review, leave a review. We We love to see that. We love to hang out with you guys. All right. We love you guys so much. We enjoyed this conversation. We can't wait to chat with y'all next time.